Welcome to this episode of Portraits and Music. I'm Ross Sievertson. And I'm Clay Couturio, music director and conductor of the Richardson Symphony Orchestra. We're here today talking about the November 6th concert. We've got with us Maestro Couturio, executive director Laurie Garvey, and the symphony's principal clarinetist, Wang Hun Yi. Um, we're excited about the upcoming concert. Thank you all for being with us today. Yes, thank you. So, Maestro, you want to get started? Sure, sure. Tell well, us a little bit about what uh, what the program's going to be like. Well, uh, we have a wonderful program. It's uh, two composers, Mozart and Richard Strauss. And Kwang Hoon is with us here today because we're going to feature him uh, as our soloist on the Mozart Clarinet Concerto. So, uh, before we talk about that, I, I want to talk a little bit about Kwang Hoon's background and, and his, um, why he chose the clarinet and sure. how he came to the Richardson Symphony. So first yeah. of all, welcome for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Actually, South Korea. Uh-huh. And um, um, actually, I started clarinet around... 1979, uh-huh. 80, something like that. But it was, uh, at the time, my country choose like uh, wind instruments. It's not easier than here because here is like most of um, middle schooler, they start to decide to learn some kind of instrument. But my country is like only a few people and uh, someone who um, like attend like private school they mm-hmm. can choose like that so my time i i choose a little bit later than here the age so i was like around 14 years old did you have other interests at the time is that why no or? actually um our family love like music a lot to listen like any kind of music like yeah, my father he played um trumpet a little bit when he was young and my mom she played harmonica oh wow really well i still remember but anyway um i have uh, five siblings but everyone has uh, good at music uh-huh but we never thought we were going to be music musician for the future like a professional musician right yeah. right but uh, um hi- before high school I entered um, one of my music teacher. He uh, introduced clarinet to me. He was clarinetist, so I uh, I listened a little and uh, I tried to learn like hobby, you know, it's not seriously. Mm-hmm. But right after I start, I just fell in love with sound and the music. Of course, I listened Mozart also to clarinet concerto, so. Just, I decide by myself be a musician for clarinetist, but my parents they didn't like that though. (laughs) So, but anyway, um, that made me uh, be a major for clarinet in college year. So I entered Seoul National University. Sure, Uh, the College of Music is a actually is best music school and best college in my country. But the College of Music size is very small. And then I uh, four years. Of course, four years in college, and um, everyone in man, every man in South Korea, they they have obligation to serve military service mm-hmm. uh, unless they're um, like handicapped or right. you know. Uh, so 
I had to go, and everyone they they need they need to go. But is that after college you do that? No, or? we can choose can middle choose. of or before or after. And how long is the service? Three years at the time. Wow! Right three now, years. yeah, three years. Right now is like two and a half years for two. But it's not like American. You know, they got money if they serve for the military. Yes. We got just little. Okay. And everybody thought it's like wasting time, but not not true. But so. I had to go like a military band or something like that. So I believe most of men they don't they don't want to go because it's they thinking it's wasting time for such a important time of their life, right? younger age. Mm -hmm. Right. Even even we can keep playing though. But so uh, only one competition uh, is a Donghwa competition. It's uh, one of biggest newspaper company in South Korea. They had um, competition. Only first prize winner, the government waive the military service. So if you won the competition, only first, yeah, only first, the first first prize place, winner, right? First place, yeah. And the, the competition is not every year, every other year. So and the the string and pianos they have every year, but wind every well, other year. Well, I was going to ask you that. You chose clarinet, you said, and not as many people choose wind instruments. You were saying, right? Is it because more people choose violin and piano or string instruments or no? or No, I actually, um, I just, uh, I love the sound, you know. Maybe I could start violin or, I, I, I learned piano when I was young and played flute a little bit though. But uh, maybe somehow uh, I didn't have enough chance to get touch like a string instrument. Maybe, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. But there, after I heard and I met clarinet, I just... That was Loved it. That. You knew yeah. it. Yes, yeah. yeah. I interrupted you. You were talking about the competition. Right, right. So uh, every every man, they want to try the competition and get first prize winner. Um, so I chose, I, I tried uh, at the sophomore year, but I, I, I made finalist. I made the finalist, mm -hmm. but I didn't make it. But the senior year, I got first. So Really? I, yeah, so I didn't have to go to military service. The government waived the uh, obligation, the duty. So, but um, I had to play in the major orchestra, which government pay, mm -hmm. or some other option, but I don't remember exactly what it was. So I, I, I took the audition for uh, one of a new, newly made, create uh, orchestra by uh, one of city near Seoul. Mm -hmm. It said Puchonville. Mm -hmm. So I tried audition and I made it. So I was like kind of um, the first kind of, Member, that's new orchestra. New yeah. orchestra. But I had to play five years uh, for other duty because they waived my military service. Mm -hmm. But I have to play for the government. Right. Of course, I got money, but though. But um, I have to be there in five years. But in my mind, I want to study more. Yes. Always. So I want to go like Paris, France, or right. or here, United States, somewhere abroad. Yeah. Right. Right. So after five years, before five years uh, passed. I decided to come to uh, Indiana, Indiana University. Well, before you talk about that, I'm just wondering, you won this competition. You got a job for five years playing right. professionally. Right. By that point, did your parents say, well, maybe maybe it's okay, or we're not quite there yet? <laughs> after I won the competition and after I got a job, my parents a little bit open yes. right. to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, for the women, maybe... The musician is maybe okay at the time, but for the man, we should do something else. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because they thought it's, we are not making uh, lots of money, you right. know? Yeah, right, but, right. So, yeah. The, uh, and then 
I came here. Yeah. Yeah, United States. To Indiana Indi University. Yes, yes. And I did artist diploma and performance diploma there. And, and who did you study with there? Actually, I start with Howard Klug, Professor Howard Klug. Uh -huh. And um, he's one, they, at the time, three professors there. And also, I uh, studied with Eli Iban. He, he was a uh, Israel Phil principal mm -hmm. with Jubin Meta was there. And uh, he, he studied at Curtis, I think. And uh, I studied with him also. And luckily, um, the Vienna, uh, prince, uh, the previous Vienna uh, principal player, Alfred Prince, he played yeah. 50 years there. Wow. And after he graduated, uh, no, not graduated, I'm sorry, re retired, retired. Uh, he and my uh, professor is close friend. So he retired and moved to Indiana, Bloomington. Can you believe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really lucky. I, I studied with him one year. Wow. Before he passed away. And then um, my wife, I met my wife. Who we should say <laughs> is, is the associate concertmaster of, of the Richardson Symphony. Right, right. So I met her at the Puchan, actually, Puchan Field. And uh, I came to the United States first. And I started to study at Indiana. And I brought her to the Indiana. Right. And she did master there, master degree. And after um, she finished the master degree, she was waiting for me to finish my uh, two diplomas. And then um, she and I, we tried to study more. So she applied and I applied to several more school for further uh, study. And finally, she got really good offer and good school at UNT. So she did doctor there, doctor degree. So that's, that's the one of reason we came here. To Texas. To uh -huh. Texas. When and, she went to UNT. Right. And she took the audition for Richardson because at the time, Andrew Brushloff, Mm -hmm. Right. He was uh, before uh, Master Clay, yeah. And um, she took the audition, and um, I saw him at there. I was waiting outside and uh, at taking Neb at the sofa. And after he finished the uh, audition, he just came out. Who is he? And my, my wife said, uh, he's my husband. He played clarinet, and he just finished artistic program degree at Indiana. And he said, okay, you should come and play for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't have a chance to play. But right. finally, lucky, luckily, I played for uh, Trio. Uh, hopefully, he, he, he likes me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question. It's been a pleasure yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of so your wife story. was actually playing for the orchestra for quite a while before you came to play for the orchestra. Right. Yeah, I think I she know. played start from 1999. I think so. Yeah, or 2000, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. More than 20 years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then you have a son too. That. Oh yeah, I have son. He's a lovely son. He's a. He's also clarinetist, but he's uh, doing dual degree clarinet and um, mechanical engineering at Northwestern now. Wow. So he's kind of busy boy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Yeah, he played several concerts with us. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah. With, the, with the symphony. With the, with the, with the symphony. symphony. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He played one of uh, Shostakovich's fifths. He played E-flat as sub-player. And that's some part, too. Right. So he right. did a wonderful job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a memory you have. The yes. three of you as a family of will course, have. Of always. course. Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Mozart Clarinet Concerto. What's special about it to you? Why, why do you like to perform this particular work? Actually, unlikely like other instrument, like solo instrument, 
violin or piano, they have more and bigger and better concertos. A lot of repertoire. Yes, yeah. a lot of repertoire than wind instrument uh, player. And luckily, we have Mozart. That is on the paper, on the music, looks easy. So maybe um, sixth grader or seventh grader, they can play if they want. I thought that too when I was young. Mm. But if you play on it, keep play and play, play it getting harder and harder and harder because we're gonna figure we're gonna find some something more deeper right in the music in the music the nuances Mozart the... yeah maybe he he composed this one two months or three months before he died passed away, passed away. so this was one of his last pieces. last instrument yes. work I yes. believe yeah. yes yeah and uh, the music um, itself is like simple but beautiful. Every master audition in college, they always ask the piece for, for audition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like my teacher, the former teacher, he used to tell me if we heard two measures of the beginning of Mozart, we can tell how the what, level of the play, what type of clarinetist you yes, are, and what type yeah, of musician yeah, you are. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, from two bars. That much I can tell. Yes, that's true. And I mean, it's like I played that piece like forty years, like more than. But every single time when I try practice or play, it's like more uh, harder and more fall in love every single time. Mm -hmm. There's no words can, you know, say that great piece. We're lucky to have that piece. Isn't that the genius of Mozart though? Of it's course. not just this concerto, but most of his music. It looks so simple on the right, page. Right. And you're right. Uh, uh, young people can play it. Right. They can play the notes, right. which is fine. And you learn how to play. But there is so much more deeper meaning to it. And right. then it takes years and years uh, of living just to learn right. about life and learn about music right. to bring out these things that are in this piece. Right. So the work is in three movements, right? Right. Uh, in general terms, a faster movement, a slower movement, right. and, a, and a faster movement. Right. Do you have a particular favorite movement? Are they all great? Or all they... great, but second movement, slow yeah. movement. Yeah, it's like if he's saw the movie out of africa they oh, yeah. yeah they they use that music for a lovely scene it's such a beautiful music beautiful melody and uh, it's it's like a song you know mm -hmm. like and uh the melody also like human voice i think maybe he got idea from opera right yes yes yes, yes. so it's like sopranos singers beautiful melody the clarinet concerto is also used in The King's Speech, which is also a wonderful movie. You know, I often say that um, composers will steal from each other sometimes, uh, little ideas or motives and things. Well, directors will do it a little bit too. They'll, they'll actually just take a Mozart work or other great masterpieces and just put it in their movie. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It, it enhances the movie, but, but it just proves great music makes itself known all over the place. Would you say that this is representative of much of Mozart's work? Oh, yes. His later work. I mean, you right. can tell differences from his earlier works to his later works. This is much more mature in, in many ways, yeah, but right. definitely Mozart all the way. So Kwong Hoon and I actually have something very important in common. 
we have the exact same birth date, right. not just July 23rd, but the same year, right. which I won't share. Right. But <laughs> we we figured out one day that we think Kwang Hoon is probably about five hours older than I am. Mm. I was born in L.A. He was born in South Korea. Right. But that's kind of fun. So right. for five hours, you can say you're a year younger. That's that exactly right. right. Yep. And then we're back together. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the other half of the concert. It's a work by Richard Strauss called Le Bourgeois Gentle Home. It's uh, actually one of, when you think of Strauss, you think of large tone poems, which are big dramatic works like Don Juan and Ein Heldenleben and Don Quixote. uh, This is actually for a smaller orchestra, chamber orchestra, and it's actually one of his most lighthearted works in, in many ways. And uh, the title, Le Bourgeois Gentilhomme, it translates to the would-be gentleman, a person who wants to be higher up in society and a gentleman, but never quite reaches that plateau. And it was originally written to accompany a play that was going to be produced by a person named Max Reinhardt. And I mention his name because Strauss wrote this for this Max Reinhardt in gratitude uh, because the year before this play production was to come out, Max Reinhardt helped Strauss. Strauss, his most famous opera, Der Rosenkavalier, uh, was the year before, and the, he was having all these problems trying to get the production together. It was great music, but the production itself was going to look like become a failure, and that would be bad, for, obviously, for many people, including Strauss. But Max Reinhardt came in and changed everything, made it a great success. He directed, did all these things. Very successful. While that was happening, Strauss's librettist, Hopmansel, was writing changes to the, the play. The play was originally by Moliere, uh, the Le Bourgeois Gentilhomme. Mm-hmm. And for the, for the early 20th century play, uh, he was making some changes to the words and, and certain things. He was also librettist to Strauss. So Strauss helped both of these gentlemen by writing music for this play. and. Um, Interestingly enough, within in the original production by Molière back in the 1700s, there's a play within the play, if you will. And they didn't know how to do that for this new setting. So Strauss said, I'll just write more music, a little mini opera within it. Well, this opera got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it became so big, it was too long to put in the play. And he had his own little opera, Ariadne of Noxos. And so he said, okay, I've written an entire another piece. I'll just take that out, and it'll be its own thing, and we just would stick with La Bourgeois Gentilhomme. And so uh, it finally came out, and uh, Strauss conducted it uh, at the play. And a few years later, I think about uh, 1919, uh, I think, he extracted certain movements from this play and made a suite. And this is what's uh, performed at concert halls, this suite from Le Bourgeois Gentilhomme. Several many small movements to it, and it really is just tour de force for the orchestra. It shows off every single instrument in the orchestra. There's huge uh, solo violin. Sure. There are, all the woodwinds have their own solos. There's a piano and it has a solo. And um, we're looking forward to really just uh, showing off the, the entire orchestra. In fact, Kwang Hoon, if you can believe this, this is how great a player he is, was going to play the Mozart concerto in the first half, take the intermission to rest, and come back and play 
principal clarinet on the Strauss. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all looking forward yeah. to, to hearing that. Uh, just a little bit more about the Strauss. I'll just describe just a few of the, the movements. It opens with an overture, and it portrays uh, Monsignor Jourdain. He's the main character. He's the would-be gentleman. And so you get his theme, and then uh, there are a few other movements. Uh, there is a um, dancing lesson he takes in a minuet. There is a movement called The Fencing Master, where he's trying to learn to fence because he wants to become high society, and so he takes lessons. And he's really represented by the trombone, and the trombone in this particular movement is a little clumsy sounding, just weighted and just, uh, ah, I can't hold on to the sword. And then his fencing teacher is the, represented by the trumpet, and there's these beautiful trumpet motives that go up and down, and it's all over the place, and it's very fine. And so the teacher's, you know, teaching the trombone as, uh, as the main character. This was originally in the 1700s, and there was, there was uh, a minuet that was really written for the original play by Lully, Jean-Baptiste Lully, who was a famous composer of that time. And Strauss pays homage to uh, Lully by arranging some of these works by him to fit the new music wow. of Strauss. Wow. So there's a lot going on here. Uh, the last movement I'll mention is called The Dinner. And there's this big dinner that takes place in the play. And it really offers a musical tour through various different courses of the meal. And Strauss does this in an unusual way. He he quotes different composers, including himself. There's a quote from Das Rheingold by Richard Wagner. And uh, in that opera, there is a, a, a Rhine salmon course, the, the fish, salmon. Yes. And so that's quoted in this dinner. There is a quote from his own work, Don Quixote, which I mentioned earlier, the big tone poem. Uh, there's some shrills in the, in the horns. It sounds like sheep. Well, that's to, re to represent the mutton that there is being served oh, how funny. At, during the play as well. And uh, a quote from uh, La Donna Immobile from Verdi, Rigoletto. There's all types of little things in this last movement. It goes by so fast. It goes by so fast you might think as a listener, I, I know that piece. I reckon. But then you're, right. we're off to the next thing right. already. That's right, just right. the way Strauss is. And it ends with this just big whirlwind right to the end. It's a great ender that I know everybody will enjoy. It's always a very special concert when we can feature one of our very young musicians as our guest artist. So I know our audience is really looking forward to this concert, as well as our musicians are looking forward to it. And ticket sales are going well, but we do still have tickets available at www.eismancenter.com or by calling their ticket office at 972-744-4650. So, Laurie, what else do we have going on with the 60th anniversary celebration? Well, we're continuing our celebration by featuring a different decade of memorabilia. So in the lobby, we'll have two tables set up with scrapbooks and photographs and concert programs from the 1970s. So we encourage our patrons to stop by and look at all that material. It's a lot of fun, brings back a lot of great memories for those who had attended the concerts and for those who just want to have a nostalgic view of what it looked like 50 years ago. So I'm sure it's all very groovy. Yes, it is. We'd like to thank our podcast sponsors, Humanities of Texas, The Ray Charitable Trust, and Frost Bank. 
I want to remind everyone that tickets are available at the Eisman Center Ticket Office and on their website at eismancenter.com. Maestro, thank you. It's always great to chat with you. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to Portraits and Music with Maestro Clay Catorio. I'm your producer and co-host, Ross Sievertson. Remember, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you can get new episodes downloaded to you automatically. Reviews and ratings are always appreciated, and it helps us to provide you with more great inside conversations from the Richardson Symphony Orchestra. Until next time.